Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with Iowa-based video marketer and owner, Ryan Snod. As the owner of Snod Media Group, he works with brands to help them develop a video marketing strategy specializing in the fitness industry. He also helps other videographers start and grow thriving businesses via his YouTube channel, Facebook groups, and online courses. Ryan is passionate about helping business owners capitalize on video marketing to grow their business and build a loyal tribe online. We get into a lot in this conversation. Enjoy this interview. Well, I'm looking forward to digging into your work and your background and what makes you who you are. And to begin that, we're heading up on the four-year anniversary of COVID. How did you survive the pandemic and how did it change you? Sure. So um, it's kind of kind of unique for me. So I was actually preparing to leave my full-time job to pursue it full-time right when COVID hit in like 2020. I was like kind of toying with the idea of going full-time. And then that's when I was like, Oh, I should probably like put the brakes on this a little bit because all of my prospective clients I had just disappeared. You know, I had a couple of retainers that I had contracts with. They broke contract because they just, you know, they needed funds to keep their people and stuff like that. So um, for me, it was more like kind of uh, duck and cover and just hold out until, you know, we kind of got some understanding of what was going on with it. But after COVID, it was kind of ironic because people realized how much more important it was to do video marketing, to have social media presence, to portray their brand online, because that's the only way that people could interact with them. So that was kind of like this huge resurgence of of business in 2021 and, and beyond. So it's been uh, pretty pretty busy and lucrative since then. But yeah, 2020 was kind of a kind of duck and cover and, and just hold out as long as you can. So let's get into the essence of what you do for a living. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders. It's career day. And one of the kids says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child? Yeah. So I would say um, I make interesting, cool videos for businesses. That's basically what I would say for a, for a third grader. Um, it goes a little deeper than that. So I would say like there's a whole gamut of people in my industry. There's the one-off shooters that just do anything. There's music video producers and wedding videographers. So I typically don't tell people I'm a videographer because everyone always assumes I shoot weddings, which um, I did early on in my career, but I don't do anymore. Um, but it's one of those things like to the more grown-up audience, I would say I own a video marketing company. And we specialize in corporate and fitness work. So those are like the two industries that we shoot a lot of stuff in. Um, traveled all around the country, shooting for different clients. Uh, had a lot of really cool experiences so far. And uh, we have a roster of about 15 contractors we work with. So we can go as small or as big as a production needs it to be, uh, which is helpful for clients because then they don't have to, you know, pay huge agency prices for a simple video because we have 30 employees that need to get paid. It's a lot more of like, we'll have the crew on set that you need and not have to hit you with all the extra fees and stuff like that. So what did you want to be in the third grade? What was your dream? Oh, I wanted to be a cop. I love action movies. Um, grew up basically eating uh, Cheerios for breakfast and watching Arnold Schwarzenegger action movies. So any profession where you could have a gun, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Um, and then as I got older, I realized it wasn't as cool as the, especially in small town, Iowa, it's like <laughs> right, writing tickets. You're not in uh, bank robber gun chases every day. You know, it's not like an action movie. So yeah. So let me ask you this, growing up in Iowa and, and just in general, what gave you this fascination to want to get into video and to become who you are today? How did that happen? Yeah, so kind of an interesting path. Um, when I first started making videos, if I can trace it back, it's more like fifth grade or so. My friends and I would get off the school bus and we would wait for our parents to come get us. And my buddy had his uh, sisters, he stole his sister's little uh, cool Plix digital camera. Yeah. And we would make 
funny skit comedy videos. So we watched a lot of like Tosh.0 uh, ridiculousness type videos back in the day. So we would try and replicate those and we would do like these stupid little skits of like this armless dude tries to tackle someone who wants to be on a football team and other funny things like that. So that was when we first started like making videos. Um, I would say like what really got me into it professionally was when I was in college, um, I got a gifted a GoPro for my, uh, for Christmas, took it to Europe on my study abroad trip. And I shot everything on video, came back to the States and was almost more excited to make the video than I was to like talk to people about it. I'm like, this is so cool. So I did that. And then was kind of hooked ever since then. So kind of the origin story was after I made that video, I worked at Target at the time when I was in college and I bought a $500 camera on clearance on my employee discount. Um, and in that first year I bought that camera, I made like $10,000 with it. So was shooting little projects here and there, nonprofit work, stuff around campus, whatever I could get my hands on. And that was when I kind of opened my eyes to like, oh, this is like me just shooting videos for fun and getting paid a little bit here and there for it. I'm like, what would happen if I did this full time. So fast forward to graduation, I ended up getting a job with a video production agency here in Des Moines. It's about 20 employees or so. And I didn't do any actual video production for the company. I did marketing strategy because that's what my degree is in, is in business and marketing. So I was helping work with ad companies here in Iowa. That's a big, big market. Ad companies, health insurance, uh, grocery, large grocery companies, how they leverage the videos we were making for them to get them the results they wanted. So uh, that was kind of my day job for four years. And then at nights and weekends, I was shooting all the time. And the the straw that broke the camel's back was the last year I was there. I was uh, working all day and then I'd go home nights and weekends. All I did, I was like working like a hundred plus hours a week, but it wasn't even work to me. It was so fun. Um, and then kind of the, the journey for me concluded or climaxed when uh, my wife and I were aggressively trying to pay off all of our consumer debt. We got on the Dave Ramsey train about 2020 uh, paid off $117,000 in a year and a half. And then after we got up, looked up from the smoke of that kind of settled, the dust settled, we were like, holy crap, like Ryan could do his business full time if he wanted to. And that's when we had some options. So then we kind of strategically planned to, to do that. So right that's, on. The, that's so, the three minute story. So yeah, I love it, man. Yeah. So who's been kind of an inspiration or a hero for you in your life? That's a good question. I would say like, Another, a big thing, like I, I enjoy seeing, um, like celebrities or people that have gone beyond like their fame, the people that got fame and actually used it to be better people. Um, so I think of people like Dwayne, the rock Johnson, right? Like somebody that's taken like a little ounce of, of publicity and turned it into this mega empire. Like those are the types of people I like to kind of aspire to, to look at and see on how they're leveraging like their personal brand, um, to grow an empire really. Cause I think that's a really interesting case study. That's the first one that comes to my mind is The Rock. That's like one of the few people, if I met them, I would be starstruck. I wouldn't know what to say. Most other people, I'd be like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, I've met I've met a couple of celebrities here and there and it's not like they're just another person, you know, and I think a lot of those people appreciate if you treat them as such, but I would probably not be able to stumble over my words very, I'd be like, blah, 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 if I was talking to The Rock. So, <laughs> Would he be the one guy, if you could pick one person on the planet to meet, who would be that person? Yeah, I would say man, it, he would probably be up there if like to have dinner with somebody for an hour, just to, yeah. just to get to know him a little bit more on a deeper level. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's a, that's a, that's probably one of the people up there for sure. Yeah. So what, what is the motivation every day you're doing this work? What gets you out of bed? What, what helps you not only do the work that you do, but to evolve as a person as well? Sure. So for me, it was, it was really lifestyle design early on of, I saw a lot of people in this business that would grow a production business of like 20 plus employees. Like I said, my previous employer 
and you're you're basically captive to I have to land a huge project every month or else we're not going to eat type of thing. So that's really I tried to avoid that as much as I could. How could I run this business with the least amount of overhead, have uh, you know 75% or more profit margin on, in each project rather than 20% or whatever the industry standard is? Um, how can I design this business to fit well in my life, but then also give as much value to clients? So I think that's a huge thing for people that if if you're listening and you uh, are want to start a business and stuff, I always encourage people like go work in that industry on someone else's dime and learn all the problems and poke all the holes in the model and then go and fix all those things when you start your own company. Because I think that's a huge thing that I did was I was like, okay, there's these huge ebbs and flows. How can we do that? Well, for me, it was marketing retainers. Okay. I have some people on content retainers. They pay me X amount per month. And if I get 10 of those, I don't even have to work. That's like, I don't have to prospect new business, but then if new stuff comes in, that's great. So that's one way. That's like one small example. Another is again, keeping the team small. So then there's not a ton of overhead. So projects don't get to balloon to 50, 60, $70,000 for a 30 second video, because then you're going to run out of, you know, you'll use it for a month and then well, that was a huge waste of money and video is stupid. We should never do this again. So I think that's some of those things of like breaking the model, breaking the system to yeah. reinvent it and sew it back together so it's stronger. So then it benefits the business owner, the employees, but then also the clients ultimately, which is kind of the goal there. What's been one of your favorite client success stories? Oh, that's a good one. I I would say there was a client I mentioned earlier, Power Life Yoga, that I've worked with a lot. Um, they're a yoga studio chain here in Des Moines. They have locations in Kansas City and and uh, Omaha as well. And they came to me years ago, I think it was 2019 or so, or maybe even 21, 2021. And they were like, hey, we want to do all these different videos. Like, how do we go about it? We don't want to hire someone in-house. How can we do this? So we put together a really strategic plan for them to do like, I think it was 150 videos in a year. So every month we would go and we'd batch shoot a ton of stuff and give them just a ton of content to do. So we looked at their marketing funnel and said, how can we, how can we plug video in each step of that? So that was really what we did. We looked at what videos can we do for sales? What can we do for onboarding new employees, for hiring people? So we don't have to keep saying the same stuff over and over again. We can just put them in an email drip sequence, get them warmed up to our brand. And then we can have somebody reach out when they're more warm, whether they want to become a a member of the yoga studio or they want to be a teacher or whatever it is. Um, kind of, I, I always say like taking the the things you talk about too much and it kind of hurt you. Like you're losing the interest of talking about it because you say it so much, like making those into videos. That was pretty much the the thing. And then seeing it at the end of the year, you know, looking at their entire funnel, it's like, holy crap, we did a lot of work and got this really optimized for everybody for growth. So, so what's been the, been the best advice you've ever gotten? Um, I would say I have a, I have a podcast as well. And I, I asked this question on my show and I, the one I heard recently was, um, you'll never, uh, I want to say it correctly. The average person will, if they're confronted with uncertainty and fear, they're just going to pick the consistency thing, right? They're not going to they're not going to go into the uncertainty because they don't know what's out there. So I think the biggest advice that I got, um, and I've heard this many times from other people is like, ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen? You know, if you're so afraid of trying something new, leaving your job to pursue a business, asking the pretty girl on a date, whatever that, whatever the risky thing is that you think is going to blow your world up, ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen? And most of the time, it's not that bad for me. What for my business, when I applied it to my life was uh, my wife asked me that she's like, 
why are you stumbling around this? And I'm like, I'm just so worried about like, what if, what if? And she's like, Ryan, what's the worst that could happen? And I said, well, I could get no work for six months and have to close shop. And then she's like, well, then what would happen? Well, then I just go get another marketing job. She's like, so you'd be right back where you're at right now. It's like, oh yeah. So then that kind of gave me the the permission to pursue uncertainty, to pursue something that might not work out and just go all in on it. So I think that was that was a really big piece of advice I got. So of all the things that you've done up to this point in your life, overcome and evolved into, what are you the proudest of? Um, as of recently, being a father, I would say, um, and really building a lifestyle, like I mentioned, that was all by design, that was by a plan. Like my wife and I, we've been, been together since high school. So it's like almost 12 years this year. And you know, we had talks early on of like, what do we want our life to be like? And I had this kind of like vision board in my mind of what it would be. And it's pretty much already accomplished now, now that we have our second child and we're kind of figuring those things out. And it's really cool to see that come together and know that like you're, you're pursuing this like vision of what you want that no one's told you about. It's not some subjective, like more money, cooler cars, fancier clothes. It's like, the the real root of happiness is like rooted in some of these things that we're trying to pursue. So that's, that's been something I've been really proud of. So everyone out there has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Oh, that's a deep one. Um, <laughs> yes. That's a therapy I hour. That. <laughs> I, I would say, I would say really like an outgoing, um, outgoing business owner, I would say is like the main thing that comes to mind. Um, I was talking to my wife about this the other day, cause we were talking about what makes a great man. Like what are some of the characteristics and not to go down the rabbit hole of femininity and the rise and fall of masculinity, all this, all that stuff. But it's like, how do you pursue greatness? And I think that's something that I've been really trying to do in my life, but for my, in my own right, you know, not on someone else's measuring stick. What, what do I want to improve on every year? What do I want to get better at and trying to pursue those things every day? So for me, it would be like being an outgoing, driven business owner. That's kind of like my identity. Um, strip away the business, and then it's just more replace business owner with man and try to try to go that way, I suppose, with it. So what do you like the best about living in Iowa? Um, ironically, it's the seasons. Um, I, I'll go visit in the south, and they don't get snow in, on Christmas, and they don't have spring. I, I love spring. That's my favorite season because right when you're so sick of Iowa winter and it's cold and terrible, it start things start to come alive again. Um, the other piece, which I also notice when I leave the state is that everyone's super nice that nationally we're kind of known as Iowa nice. Like people are just friendly. If anyone wants to reach out, hire you, learn more about you, where's the best place to go? Gotcha. Gotcha. I'll finish my thought and then I'll answer that one. Absolutely. So the, um, the, the Iowa nice thing nationally has been kind of a known thing when I go elsewhere, people, you know, I wouldn't say they're rude, but they're not as considerate. Like I'll be at the grocery store here and you'll literally make eye contact with someone and they'll say, Oh, sorry. It's like, what are you sorry for? <laughs> just yeah, like, right. Just trying to stay, stay uh, out of your way and stuff like that. So I, I really enjoyed just the great place to live, great place to raise family, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, and then to answer, what was the last question? Sorry. So if anyone wants to hire you, learn more about you, reach out anything about your services, where do they go? Sure. Yeah. If, if you want to learn more about me, best place is probably my company website. So snodmedia.com. So it's S-N-A-A-D-T media. I always say my name is Ryan Snod. It rhymes with odd because it's kind of a weird one to spell for people. So <laughs> that's the best place we offer. Like I said, video production, podcasting, marketing, consulting, the whole gamut. And then I'm also very active on LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, 
a bunch of different places like that. You can just search my name and I'm posting weekly advice and helpful tips for marketing and business ownership and content marketing. So right on, Ryan, this has been great, man. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your story. Best of luck with everything. I appreciate it. Sure. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. <laughs>